Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're starting our discussion on Killer Seven. I'm your host Marcus, and joining me today is our homies. First Hold off, on. we have. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> First off, we have Trevor. It's good to be back. And last but not least, we have the homie Greg. Oh, what's up? So, Trevor, since this was your month of May, why don't you go ahead and talk to us about this game? Okay, so, you may have noticed, but we are not playing Killer7. Um, and in short, I'll kind of explain, or I'll just say that um, I was having some technical difficulties, and it actually extended beyond Killer7, and I ran into some difficulties with Oberden as well. Um, but we're still going to talk about Overden since uh, none of us started Killer7. Um, but first off, I just want to, you know, take inventory. How's how's everybody else doing? It's been a while. You know, man, I've been steadily just waiting to talk about this game, to be honest, and trying to... I've been playing a lot of Dead Cells. <laughs> um, I've been chilling just... Uh playing a little bit of this, you know, going back to the old uh, grind of uh, Street Fighter. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) I've been playing other stuff too, but... What about you, Trevor? Um, you know, I wish I had my computer, but still got a PlayStation and Xbox, so there's a bunch of games on there I've been not playing. Uh, I've been playing I've been playing more Celeste too. I, um... Almost 100% that game. Almost. Getting there. So, yeah. Anybody catch E3? Uh, the press conferences, and then I kind of peeped a few things here and there, but mostly just press conferences. The only thing that... I never really keep track of E3 just because there's so much happening and like everybody's always just talking about whatever's the most exciting thing or whatever, but the only thing I caught was that they announced Banjo-Kazooie for Smash, which has me kind of hyped, even though I haven't played Smash in a couple of months, but he was way back when one of my most, or they were one of my most desired characters for, I mean, this is before Brawl came out, so it's been about 10 years that I've been wanting this character in this game, so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to download them and get my hands on this character maybe re-pick up Smash just because of that character you really don't want to be a part of the Smash community I mean <laughs> it's either Smash or Street Fighter so I guess I'm not going to shower you know what I'm saying <laughs> alright well let's um, let's go on ahead and get into it because I've I'm, I'm been waiting to talk about this game too um, so for this month, we played Return of the Oberdin. Um, it's a puzzle video game that was developed and published by 3909 LLC, which is a Japan-based studio uh, that was led by designer Lucas Pope. And this game was uh, released just last year, 2018, and it was Lucas Pope's second game. Um, his first game was 2013's Papers, Please, which I know Marcus has a lot of opinions about that game. Yeah, um, I just they're good. They're good opinions. They're good opinions. No, exactly. Nothing bad. Yeah, nothing yeah. 
And Lucas Pope was actually a former developer at Naughty Dog, and he worked on the Uncharted series. And he's pretty much known mostly for um, his independent experimental games. And I believe it was after the... Um, let me see, which Uncharted was it? Uncharted 2. He left Naughty Dog um, to move to Japan with his wife, who's also a game developer. Um, and I guess that's where they started developing uh, independent games with 3909. And... Um, I think Papers, Please kind of has a similar art style where it's kind of monochromatic. Um, similar there, there's, it's more static. Um, there's, there's no, like, you know, you're walking around an environment or anything. It's, you're looking at a interface. There's a lot of menus and systems going on, um, that you're interacting with. And, and part of, you know, just bringing up Papers, Please, um, I just want to put more emphasis on the the fact of him making, like, experimental games, because it's by no means a, what, what you might consider a traditional video game. Um, it involves, um, what would you call it, Marcus? Um, With this game or Papers, Please? Uh, Papers, Please. I think Papers, Please involves, like... <laughs> It's almost like a job. Like you are, <laughs> you need to be uh, very detail oriented. You need to pay attention to all the, the minute things because essentially you're you're playing a security guard at a checkpoint between two countries, and there's some type of crisis, a la like a, a Cold War, or um, I think that's the time period. You're like a Russia. Uh, adjacent type of country and um people are fleeing their country to come into yours and so you're looking at their passport or their papers to see if they have the correct stamps if they say they're from they're from this region of this country they have the correct insignia or seal if their date of birth matches up to how they look or their sex or just all these different things and uh, and like it's a real um it seems pretty straightforward, but then there are elements where it's like, I mean, this, these people are leaving their country to find work or money or whatever. So sometimes they'll have a sob story about like, please, like my husband died uh, to the Gestapo, ah, ah, Gestapo adjacent uh figures in their country and they're escaping that and they may not have the correct stuff but if you don't let them get into that country they could die or you know like sometimes because at the end of the day you get paid based off of how many correct like people that you let in versus you get minus money for letting in people that you should let in so you're also trying to feed your family and you have this like inner thing going on so the game isn't very black and white at all there's a lot of gray and it's like it's a game that there is a quote-unquote true ending but i've never been able to achieve that and it's a game that i really wanted to play for this but like i've probably played maybe about six or seven hours of that game and i've never like quote-unquote beaten it because i haven't gotten the, the good ending or whatever but it is a really awesome game that i highly 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 recommend 
but it is also one of those games where it may not be everybody's cup of tea because there isn't like a gameplay in the traditional sense. And this game is very much like that. Yeah, it just kind of leading into Return of the Oberdan. Um like I said it kind of uses that same monochromatic style but um Return of the Oberdan is a first person 3D game um that uses um like kind of a graphical style similar to like the older Macintosh um or um like you can actually change the color schemes Mm-hmm. Um, like to the Commodore color scheme, um, it's still monochromatic, but it gives you that option. Um, but basically, it's set aboard a fictional East India Company ghost ship uh, that's set in the early 1800s. That has a crew of passengers that all mysteriously died or disappeared, and your objective is to discover. You know who they are based on the ship's manifest and how they died. And in order to do this, you use a combination of deductive reasoning as well as an item that you have. Um, from what I'm reading, it's called a memento mortem, a stopwatch. And when using it, you can return uh, to the moment of uh, one of the crew members' deaths. And I believe you have 60 people. That you have to determine from the um, the ship, and like I said, the game is played from first person view, um, and I think that's pretty much it. You, um, it's 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 kind of a linear game, I would say. Um, what what do you mean linear? Well, I guess we'll we'll talk about that. Well, we're once we get into it, but okay. just to just to finish out the intro, um, I pretty much wanted to play this game. Um, well, one did you know um, <laughs> after <laughs> after the technical issues with Killer Seven, um, you know, I had to pick another game, and we recently voted on which games we want to play for the the next few months, and Return of the Overden was on my list. But it got outvoted by another game. By you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was on my list, so obviously I wanted to play it. Um, but like I, I think it was Patrick Klepek who really talked up this game um, on Waypoint, uh, which made me want to play it. Um, but yeah, just because you know that game kind of got voted down um, or outvoted. Um, this was kind of its its second chance. Swan song. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm I'm really happy that this game was chosen because this is a personal game. Once I found out that it was a Lucas Pope game, because I am a, such a fan of Papers Please that I was like, by some way, I'm either going to play this on the podcast or play it. Uh, I was even talking to Dante about potentially doing that as a bonus cast at one point. So. I'm really excited that we got to play this. Um, I guess we can get into it. Uh, It's really hard to really compare this game to a lot of things that I've played. I'm I'm assuming you also have never played Papers, Please, Greg? I played a little bit of it, maybe like an hour or something like that. I got it from um, GOG or something and just tried it out for a little bit. 
Okay. Oh, I I'll, think, play, I'll play Papers, Please. Okay. Do, do you see any like parallels from what you guys played in Papers, Please to this? No, not at all. I think it takes on... Um, it it utilizes a lot of cultural um, uh, what's the word like specific to the time period. Yeah, that as long as well as like the characters that it portrays. Like it it tries to I don't know it it doesn't specifically tell you okay this game is based in the eighteen hundreds. It kind of uses. Not necessarily yeah. stereotypes, but kind of choices like as far as accents, um, you know, clothing. Out to, I was hmm. gonna say uh, it does tell you you're in 1800s because, well, like, in the very beginning of the game, you get the thing that says the ship's been gone for X amount of years and it just washed up and it has it's da- it's dated. Yeah, it, it doesn't say like. You know, back in 1807, but it does have a date on the some of the first slides you do, or I don't even want to say slide screens you see of the of the game. But then, other than that, you don't know. Yeah, but just the the use of of different elements as far as like cultural, um, like accents and and clothing. Like I said earlier, I think that's one through line that Papers Please had as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the major one for me was the having to consistently uh, uh, go back into your, I don't want to say inventory, but your menus. Yeah. Where like in Papers, Please, at least for me, um, I mean, you're, you're going through the country stamps and you're seeing like which are the capitals or the major cities of this country because you need to check for that you need to check for insomnias you need to check for the rules in case like because every day they introduce a new type of um oh like not now we're not just like this this day we're only letting people from this country in and then the next day they're saying oh now we're only letting people in uh from these countries or we're only letting in people born before this day or stuff like that and so there's always some type of like system that you're playing against. And I felt like in this game, there's like constantly going back into your, uh, is it your log or I forgot what it's called in the game, but, um, to, like to journal. Yeah. Your journal to cross cross reference characters, uh, across multiple scenes or cross reference, like, okay, this is a woman or versus this is a, a male or this person sounds like they have a, an accent let me go ahead and see like oh this person is speaking a different language or they say this specific word where it's like i don't know what that word means or it sounds like it's from a different language let me look it up to see because oh there's only two people in this uh journal that are supposedly from scotland and that's a scotland saying so i know I've, i've narrowed down you know things like that so there there is that but i don't know if that is necessarily you i mean that is the through line for me between papers please but i don't play a ton of detective games and from what i've i've i kind of looked up while you were talking games that are similar to and there's not really anything that you can point to and say like this is the one that inspired this or anything like that but a lot of people were saying that the um the closest uh stuff would be the sherlock holmes games 
as far as like the investigating and trying to figure things out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Um, once we did start talking about similar games, um, I don't know if y'all have played any, but I played the, I think it's the more recent one on Xbox. Sure, no, I have, I've never played. I've been interested in playing them, but I've never played any of them. Yeah, I've never played them. And then I know for me, since we played Phoenix Wright, uh, I've been trying to get another handheld game on our list. And I've introduced or tried to bring out some uh, detective games like Ghost Trick and um, this Ghost Trick Phantom Detective and uh, damn, what's the other one? Uh, but that that is another one that's coming up as a game that is very similar uh, or like just detective uh, work. A uh, Hotel Dusk. Hotel Dusk is the other one that I've been trying to get on. But you guys are just stonewalling me, gatekeeping me. Um, hey man, y'all keep shooting down off his rats. So yeah, uh, kind of like what Trevor said, uh, this game has an extremely unique art style. It's um, uh, what I've read is a one bit dithered visuals of like old Macintosh uh, adventure games, but then they have other color settings. So they have a Mac settings, the classic Mac, IBM. There's a Zenith, a Commodore. Um, did you guys play in anything other than beyond the default, or I messed around with some of the other uh, other graphic options, but I just left it at default at the end. I ended up changing it. Uh, I can't remember what I picked. I ended up changing it a couple times. Maybe played like three or four hours in one, then switched to something else. But I really like the. Uh, the colored ones, the the Commodore and the uh, the IBM, they added a little bit more. It wasn't like the game was hard to see, but there were some parts where it was like uh, the, the color just kind of made it pop a little bit more for me. Um, but I, I really, really dug the art style and just being able to walk around in this environment. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think this was into this game so. As Trevor said, um, this game takes place in 1807. Uh, the player assumes the role of an insurance adjuster for the London office of East India Company. Um, this ship left from uh, London to the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa in 1803, but it never re- it never reached its final destination and it has since washed up to port with all 60 of its crew either dead or missing. And basically you, as the role of the insurance adjuster, are tasked with determining the fate of the crew, including figure out how everybody died or how they met their fate, how they died, who killed them, or where they are if they are alive. And um, so you use the momentum uh, mortem to basically... When you see a body, you pull out this compass and it, it buzzes. And then you can basically, you get a, almost like a snapshot of the scene of the crime slash the, their final moments. So it's like um, you, you, will, you will hear it, the screen will go black. And then <clears throat> um, you'll hear a little bit of dialogue and some sound or like, you know, like if somebody got falls overboard or whatever you may hear somebody yelling and then just hear the splash and then the game will 
go from black screen back to the a still of the the scene of the death and you can kind of explore and take in everything that's happening because there's usually most deaths there's at least one other person around so you can kind of see people and the cool thing is while this is happening in your journal every single scene that you see it keeps a log of everybody that is uh in that scene so like some scenes could just be one two people the victim and one other person and then another scene could be like a victim and then like 25 to 45 other people and so it kind of like casts a through line to help you determine who these people's identities are because the cool thing about this game is beyond the graphics like when you see a character in the game and you don't know their identity when you see them in these stills their face is almost like obscured in a way until you identify them and then it makes their features a little bit more distinguishable so then you can see them um and, and I, it yeah. also good when you do that it also reveals other clues like depending on where they are in that specific scene, that could hint towards what their occupation might be, mm-hmm. um, who they work with, if they're around the same people um, in multiple scenes. Um, so it, they're, the, the way the game plays out, it's constantly throwing hints at you. Um, it may not tell you, you know, explicitly what or where the hint is, but any any type of context is is usable towards at least one character yeah like he said like it <clears throat> i mean like it usually it's pretty clear the person that died and how they died cuz usually it's like somebody being shot or stabbed or whatever but the real mystery is trying to figure out who the person is and who the person that delivered the fatal blow or shot or whatever is you have to figure out their identities and then like you said like it, it there's a lot of context clues that you have to take in so like you have to it's not just important to see the person that got stabbed and the person that stabbed him. you need to see what the other people are doing in that scene because that could be super valuable depending on who they're hanging out with could or where they are on the ship like they may be a top man versus a seaman versus a midshipman versus you know all these different positions and the cool thing is is that this notebook or this journal that you have not only do you use it to log and like determine how people died and it has their information um, but it also gives you a glossary of terms for like um uh i guess popular or not popular but like uh terms used in right like terms using yeah nautical terms yeah nautical terms so like you know these could be potential clues to help you determine who a person is like what a mate is or a steward or a sea what a seaman's job is what a top ship man's job is what a midshipman's job is and things like that and then like i said also like not only do you see the list of all 60 people that were on the docket for the boat but you see their country of origin so some people like there are a there's 60 people in this game and there's a good majority of them that are you know like from England or from uh wherever there's like maybe five Russians or five Indians and there's people from Scotland and Ireland 
but but there's also like there's a Polish person, there are some people from the United States, there's some people from France, from Austria. So like um some of that is important when you hear either an accent or like I said, a very specific word that's being uttered in this person's last moments, which could give you a context clue to who is dying or who is in the scene. Where like if you can narrow it down to being like, Oh, I heard somebody say like Mamma Mia or something like that, you know? And it's like, okay, cool. There's only two Italians on this ship. So uh, the person that's in this scene that is dying is one of those two people. And um, ultimately, like Trevor said, you have to solve all 60... I didn't reveal all 60 identities, but the way the game kind of progresses is every three you solve correctly... It, it locks in those characters because it, the game never tells you when you're choosing names or whatever, like it never tells you, oh yeah, this is fine or, you know, don't change this or whatever. It's not until you see the progress and you hear that little ding, which is like low key. It's like one of the most satisfactory things about this game <laughs> when you hear that little ding to let you know that, oh, you, you've gotten three new identities and deaths like correct um so then that way it can help you further like not only is it crucial because like you know who these three people are but that's three less people that you need to um that's three more people you have information for in case they're in other scenes or they killed somebody else so it's very this game is extremely rewarding in that regard um and and sometimes it's it's kind of daunting because you might find a scene where you're trying to figure out how one person died and it leads you to, or you start following a trail to figure out, okay, who killed them? And then you're trying to figure out who that person's identity is. And you see who you see them die in another scene. So you're trying to figure out who killed that person. And so it's kind of like this, this never ending, um, loop of you know one person killing another and you have to find context clues in order to go all the way back to the beginning yeah did you um how how did that go for you greg i haven't we haven't really heard from you much um so i think i mean so initially i think i was hitting like a rough part with the game where i was just having a hard time trying to like pick up on the clues and it was like up and down for me. So I would eventually get to a part where I would I was stuck, and then I would kind of just keep looking at it over and over, trying to pick up on things, and I wouldn't find anything. So like the first day I played it, it definitely was kind of like a bad experience. But I came back the next day, and I was feeling a little bit better about it. And I think eventually I ended up hitting a wall um, towards the end of the game, where. Um, I think at that point I was left with only trying to figure out, well, actually there was a few other, like, uh, people I hadn't figured, or a few other, uh, fates I hadn't figured out, but most of the ones were the ones where you're trying to figure out, um, where they disappear in the middle, uh, at the end of the chapter or somewhere in the chapter. Mm-hmm. I was having a hard time trying to figure out their fates. And, uh, eventually I just ended up just like, you know, like just being like, all right, F this. And just <laughs> looking up the, because uh, I really wanted to see how the game ended, like the, to figure out, because there's a chapter that you don't, um, that doesn't fill out until you get the fates of everybody else. Mm-hmm. 
So I was interested to see how that turned out, and it was like, all right, well, I got to see how this goes. So I ended up just like looking up the the, the fates for like the other. I want to say it was like maybe like fifteen people I had left. Oh, okay. And then just looking those up and just trying to see what happened in the in the last uh, the chapter that was uh, hidden until you figure out their fates. Yeah, that, that I, I kind of. I didn't have that same experience at the end, but I did have that same experience in the beginning where I, I think I even tweeted out, like, I played this game for three hours. I don't even know what I'm, like, that very first day. It's like, I played this game for three hours, and I have no idea what I'm what I'm doing or if I'm doing things correctly. Because it was just like, I mean, you get a very, very, very brief tutorial um, where you see the... Uh, the first person die and it's like this mutiny happening um and you see like basically four scenes and then you're just left to like the ship and at that point i'm just like uncovering more and more and more scenes but i'm not making any progress as far as solving any puzzles and that kind of like it gave me a sense of dread because i'm like man i have like 30 plus scenes that I can solve for and I think I've only solved three people and that like I I just remember like one one night being especially frustrated because it just felt like I just watched like an hour of like deaths happening without making any progress and I just like in my mind I was like there's going to be all this stuff that I have to solve and I don't feel like I'm I'm making more work for myself because I'm not solving anything um it's, it's one of those games that definitely made me feel like I was bad at video games. Like, I was just kind of just looking at this, like, this, there's so, clearly there's something I'm missing here because I know the game isn't, you know, it, it's giving you all the tools you need yeah. to figure these things out. You know, it's just kind of like whether you can pick up on them or not. Yeah, and I, and I did have a couple of nights where I would, like, I was messaging Dante because I know he had played this relatively recently. And um, I was, like, talking to him and, like, Vin- like I didn't know about the star thing. Like, uh, each character, there's a, um, like, a symbol above their portrait. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was, like, three triangles or three stars. Oh, it's, like, yeah. the least, you, you have the least amount of clues to solve their deaths. And then the yeah. ones that have won were the easiest for you to solve. And so I didn't know about that uh, in the game until maybe about five or six hours in because Dante told me that. And that kind of helped me a little bit because I was like, okay, if I make progress at least doing the one star or one symbol characters, that's at least, you know, I'm at least making progress. Like I know who I should prioritize is these simpler ones. Did you guys Did you guys know that or did you guys? Yeah, it, it and I don't know if it's like, if you just take too long to do something, it eventually tells you that. But like, it tells you in the game eventually that. Okay. Because that's yeah, how I found if out you about try it. To, if you try to solve one of them, like that has three triangles on it, it'll tell you, like, hey, this one's probably more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you should probably find some more clues. Gotcha. Yeah. One of the things too I like is that because you have to, in order to progress, you have to know the per- name of the person exactly how they died and their killer that kind of stops you from brute forcing your way through the game where you can't like and because of the amount of crew members there are you can't just randomly say it's this person he died this way and i'll figure out the other thing no you have to get all three correct in order to progress 
though I will say that I had some moments where I had to stereotype some characters <laughs> and it made me feel kind of bad because it was like, oh, there's only four uh, Chinese characters uh, or, you know, like there's only four characters from China or four characters from India. So if I just I know how all they how all of them died, if I just rotate their names, I will eventually brute force this section and at least solve these three people. And so I ended up um, doing that for a couple of uh, for two sections to brute force three uh, characters. I, I think it's it's kind of intentional. It's it's kind of meant to be that way. I like to feel like that is true, but I'm not sure. <laughs> like it's I think it's done in a tasteful way, though. I don't think it's meant to be like, you know, these characters are, are dressed like they're from. A, but a in some cases they are because like the the dude that is french the only like i for the longest time i couldn't figure out who he is but then i was like oh this dude is wearing stripes <laughs> you know and like maybe that's me because i mean he's not the only person well i think he actually might be one of the only people that are wearing stripes and then like there's a guy from sierra leone and i'm like must be the black guy and and then uh, the dude from uh, what was it? What country was it? New Guinea, um, where he had a very distinct look, and there was a character in the portraits that was like, I was like, this guy might be that, you know? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think I think it was tasteful. I, I do I do think it was tasteful, and I do think there was ways that you could properly find the I think everything like I don't think there was any intention by Lucas that you had to brute force your way I bet like for the people that I potentially guessed on there was probably somebody out there that was like oh well if you follow this line of evidence or whatever this clearly means that this is this person or this is this person Um, I just ended up brute forcing those two batches because I didn't want to continue to look. I, I wanted to progress. And um, I don't know. I, I, I did end up uh, beating this game and solving every, all 60 cases or whatever. Um, I, I did not, I'm proud to say that I did not look anything up. It stands for one thing. I couldn't figure out how this person died. I knew who the person was. But I could not, for the life of me, tell how the person um, there was like a creature involved, and I couldn't tell like what the creature was. And once I figured out what the creature was, it was like they can do this thing as an attack. Like I, it, from from what <laughs> I read, because there were a couple that I was unsure of. Like their death was like clearly in my face. Mm-hmm. Um. But I didn't know whether or not it was right. Yeah. So there were some where I had to just go and check. To see and, how they died. But you yeah. knew, like, okay, I'm at this thing, and I could just, like, keep on switching and switching it. But I have no idea well, if I have two others correct to even verify right. that this is correct. And and some of the deaths are actually a little ambiguous to where you can choose um, multiple answers. Or not multiple answers, but there are multiple options. Mm-hmm. Um, to choose for their death, like if somebody was, um, uh, I think there was like strangled and something similar. 
cr- there's like crushed, strangled, uh, yeah. different ways you could die by a, a creature being like slashed or decapitated or yeah. spiked or you know s- stabbed. And um, so I, I think that kind of made a little bit of leeway. Um, but still, like you said, if you know if you didn't have a, two other options that that you knew 100% were correct you couldn't really test that mm-hmm. and this has to be like one of the le- the unluckiest ships of all time <laughs> cause like I mean the things that happen in this game it's like uh, let me let me pull up the, the chapter thing but like I think the very first chapter or something is like some people get sick or something so there's like um Actually, no, the very first chapter is they're loading up the ship, and then, like, some cargo crushes people. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the next chapter is, uh, like, I think somebody gets a cold, and so, like, a lot of people are getting sick. And then there's another chapter where there's somebody that gets murdered in the night, and then they, that person, the person that is the killer frames somebody else so there's like an execution of the framed person and then uh freaking the there's um they i mean this is a ship that they i mean this is the 1807s and i are 1800s and i think that the cool thing about this game is he's willing to bring in some fantasy in as well so um there are a lot of like uh, really grody sea creatures like um there's I, they confront a kraken like creature um mermaids they they encounter mermaids and they encounter these like spider people like with claws and that spike people that invade the ship and um people get crushed by cannons and get thrown overboard or like I, it, there's just a ton of different ways that people go. There, there's some cursed treasure that they may may or may not have found at some point. Um, there's a there's a mutiny on the ship. There's people that like escape the ship uh, by the the rowboats, and I don't know. Like, there's a lot going on in this game, and it, it, I think it's like when I started getting into some of the, I guess what you would consider story beats of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost have to had to convince myself like, is this the same ship? Am am I looking at you know stuff that happens on different ships? <laughs> this this can't be the same ship. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. And it, but it's it's so cool because it like I I really like that it includes that fantasy element because yeah. I mean like I don't want to say like who knows that this is how people really died or whatever because you just seeing snapshots and it could be just be whatever but I do like the fact that it includes mermaids and a kraken or whatever because it's like I mean for all we know like these people could have like in, in in actuality just been stabbed by somebody but I, I think it's cool that he decided to include that um I I don't really know how or what else we can say about this game, to be honest. Is there anything that we're missing? I will say, um, I think I mentioned in the chat, um, I was I was trained to play this game when I was in <laughs> elementary school, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know it. Because like, I was in this... Um, it was like a, a gifted 
learning program in elementary school. Okay, flex on. <laughs> I mean, it's it basically special ed is what I tell most people. Um, you mean special but, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they had us do these, they had us do like a lot of different types of learning techniques and, and puzzles and things like that. And one of the ones that they used often was um, these logic puzzles. They were basically like these these grids where you basically had to use deductive reasoning to find the solutions. Like a simple one might be four or five guys went to the pet store um, and you have to determine which guy bought which pet like between a cat dog a rabbit and a snake and it might give you like three or four hints like so-and-so doesn't like um rabbits or so-and-so's brother already has a pet dog so he didn't get one so you kind of have to use those clues to determine you know who it's a lot of deductive reasoning yeah kind of process of elimination and Mm -hmm. deductive reasoning and and that's kind of like a simple example but they get a lot more complex like you might have to determine what age you know each of the boys is along with which pet that they bought at the pet store sure sure um and you know they they get a lot more complex than that so this is a question for both of you guys how often, or did you guys, that should be the first question, did you guys take notes while playing this game? I, I think that would have helped my experience somewhat, but I didn't. Most of it was me trying to go back into the book constantly and uh-huh. be like, okay, let me let me try and see, you know, is there something I'm missing? Or like going back to the picture, the photo, and trying to like maybe like pay attention to something from that to see if there's a clue I was missing. Okay. I was so close to taking notes. Man, you guys yeah. suck. <laughs> well, no, I had to figure out how to use the book to my advantage because it was it was almost useless at first because it's it's kind of finicky because there's not really a tutorial to tell you okay if you want to do this all you have to do is this it's it's kind of trial and error at first like depending on if you're in a scene and that's kind of one of the the things that doesn't really um distinguish like for you up front but when you use your uh, memento mortem and you mm-hmm. go into a scene there are certain points where you can't use a um uh the the memento mortem in order to to quickly look in your journal and see you know that person's entering the journal like while you're trying to discover people, like you can only, you can only look around the scene and discover people at that point, and so you have to wait until either you finish that chain of scenes, or um, you exit that scene, and so that that was kind of the confusing part, um, and I think that was kind of along the same lines that you and Greg were talking about earlier, um, where you know you were just waiting to, to try to figure out people's fates or their identities. And you were thrown into this series of scenes. Um, yeah, yeah. But once I figured out how to distinguish 
whether or not I was in a scene or, you know, I was pretty much in free roam mode Mm -hmm. um, where I can walk around the ship. Um, I had a chance to play around with the journal and figure out some of its nuances. Like, okay, if I'm in front of a body and I hit tab, I can, um, you know, view this person's entry in the journal. Um, I can click on, um, let me see, trying to remember exactly. Like if, if you're in a scene in somebody's death scene and you access the journal, rather than showing you their entry, it shows you their picture, like on the, um, on the sketch on the portrait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you can still use that to, um, to add information to their bio, Mm -hmm. Like you can change their name at that part. You can, um, look at some of their, um, their, like which other scenes they've been, they've appeared in. Yeah. And you can bookmark them. So then that way it's easier to find. So once I was able to kind of figure out how to navigate the journal that helped me, you know, quote unquote, take notes for the game. Okay. I, I do agree. The journal is extremely powerful. Like, obviously that is like the main crux of this game as far as entering in data and seeing data. But I know for me, I don't, I don't take notes when I play games as far as like pertinent to the game. Whenever I take notes for us or for the show, you know, so it's like just cursory, like, oh, this is the name of this character and it's the name of this character and stuff like that. So while I was playing this game, this was the first game that I've ever played that I actually took notes that I had to consult or, you know, back to. And it's always been something that I've wanted to do since I heard about Fez because I heard Fez was another one of those games that you had to just have notes, especially when the game first came out, when everybody was trying to figure out how to solve the game. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed taking notes in this game. Um, I didn't take a ton, but it was like certain things where it was like, okay, um, this person is in the background of this scene. I don't necessarily know who they are, but I know that they are in this scene. So then I could kind of uh, parse it down or if I looked at that portrait and I, I, this scene has eight people in it and the eight people in that portrait are you know how like when you could go to the portrait and see all the people in the scene they're lit up and everybody else is faded out or blacked out Yeah, it was like oh these people are speaking Russian so these people that are at this table are Russian so the people that are gambling I'm going to assume are Russian I don't know who is who but I'm going to assume that those people are Russian. So when they pop up in other places or somebody makes a mention about a Russian, I can know I narrowed it down to it being one of those people. Or the same thing with like there was one guy that accused another guy of letting of killing his brother. And I'm like, OK, cool. That must mean there are two people in this list that have the same last name. Sure enough, they were. So I was like, OK, cool. Now I need to find somebody i need to find this character in a death scene with another character that i haven't quite yet identified where i know it's one of these two people i don't know which one but supposedly this person got killed by this other person so i need to go back to the previous scenes to see any scene that this person was in that he may or may not have killed somebody and things like that or you know where it's like um who is um, uh, there was like an interpreter or like uh, 
translator for some characters when they were speaking a language. So I was like, okay, this person is a translator, or this person uh, is always close to this other character who I've identified as either like the carpenter or the gunner or whatever. So this might be that person's helper or some stuff like that, you know. So there was a lot of um, uh, context clues that you get in the game, but it was it made more sense and it was easier for me to solve if I wrote that stuff out. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I I don't know if it's come across clear, but I freaking love this game. <laughs> I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. I don't oh, I'm, like. I'm super into this game. I, like, I really wish I wouldn't <laughs> have had, um, you know, my computer died. Yeah. Uh, for the third time in the past what ten years since I built it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually building a new one, but I wish I would have been able to build it before. Um, you know, you we recorded. This? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 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 So that I could finish. It's, it's, I wish I could like unlearn everything I have and replay this game. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have that same feeling of like the first time I played this, but also like, I kind of like the the stuff, the, the, the the answers aren't going to change, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm going to know some characters inherently. This is this person. This is this person. This is how they died or whatever. But I wish I could just like replay this game like yeah <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other games like that where it's like once you play it it's like <clears throat> your experience it, like you can't have that first experience anymore like, yeah right? yeah I was like so I was thinking Portal but I don't really know if that still counts right like, I, I don't like, I, to be honest like I think part of the, the, the charm in Portal cause that like I was gonna say with Phoenix Wright I know for a fact that's a game that Dante goes back to because uh, I had talked to him about it. And then I know for me, for Portal, I've gone back to that game, at least the first one. I've maybe played that game since it's come out. It would have come out in 2007, right? Something like that? I think so. I think so, yeah. I think there was a point. Po- not 05. It had to be like 06 or 07. There was a that. point in time where I would play that game maybe once every 8 to 12 months. And it wasn't like it was like I forgot anything or anything like that, but it was just kind of just being in that world and playing that gameplay because it was so unique. And then especially with Portal 2, the, 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 the dialogue, you know, like the, the, the character GLaDOS was so entertaining to hear talk and everything that it was kind of cool to be in that world where this game is cool to see, but there's not necessarily like anything to like draw me back back in to see the same stuff I'm, you know, um, unveiled in front of me again, I guess. That makes sense. I'm trying to think of any other game or any, like another puzzle game, because like even some like the puzzle games that I play, like, I mean, I, I play like the the most bare, not bare bones, but generic like Tetris and like Dr. Mario and Sudoku and like Picross and like all those games, even if you've beaten this stage, I can maybe come back well, I guess with that, you can kind of, like, in, like, a pit cross, you can always improve time, right? Like sure, if you sure. Know the, the, the final thing. Yeah. Yeah. But th- this is one of those games where I, I just, I won't be able to relive that first time I played it. 
And I probably will try to play this game again in a couple years when it's like no longer fresh on my mind. But uh, I don't know if I'll be able to recapture it. But I, I freaking I, I love this game. It, and, and like the crazy thing is, I'm not even sure if this is my favorite game we've played this year because we've played some some hits, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I, I spent some time with some of these games that we've been playing, and th- this game is. It's great, and it, it may not even be my number one at the end of this year. We'll see. Um, is, how do you guys feel about this game? I mean, I, I guess you said you really, really dug it. Trevor, what about you, Greg? How, how are you feeling about this game? So, I don't know if I'm crazy about it. Like, I liked it. I liked it for the most part, but it's... I don't know, man. It's like, I can see... I appreciate what this game is doing, but I don't necessarily know if it's for me. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Hey, like, I don't I don't really have anything negative to say about the game. It's mostly, like, any, like, deficiencies that are, like, on me, right? Like, it's like, I know I just sucked at it, right? So it's like I couldn't pick up on, like, little things or whatever. So it's like, it's not the game's fault necessarily. It's just... Do you think that... Do you think that part of the reason why you may not have liked it is there was, like, a... Quote on, like I know we technically didn't have one, but there was like a deadline to have this game beaten by. So if you were like trying to rush, or you weren't playing at the pace that you would have liked to have played at. No, I don't even think that was it. Like really, it was just like again, like it was like a up and down thing. Like the first day, like I said, I felt kind of bad. Like uh, I can't figure this out. And then eventually, I got on a good pace, but then I hit a wall again. And then it was like the frustration of like I'm just not going to keep trying to like go to the scene and keep looking over and over and over and over and over like i would rather like I've, i felt like i've gotten what i wanted out of the experience and i'm like i'm just gonna look this up because like i mean I, I don't think i'm i mean maybe i am cheating myself out of it at that point but like i felt like i got what i wanted or you know the most of the experience out the game anyway so it's like, all right, I don't, I don't feel too bad for like kind of cheating at this now yeah there there was definitely i i think me and you our experience kind of mimicked each other to a point. I think maybe you felt that way a lot longer than I did because there was definitely a point where I was like, man, I'm like stuck at after having solved 21 cases or people's identities, I really don't know how I'm going to... I think at that point I had seen almost all or all of the chapters. So I was like, I don't really know how I'm going to find these people's information and then I stumbled upon something and I saw something and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, it, it was like a small, you know how like stuff like clothes where like sometimes like there's like a, a string that's missing or a string that's loose and you just tug at it and it unravels the whole thing. That was kind of my experience with this game, where once I saw this thing that, like, it wasn't pointed out at all. It was just me in this scene and looking at these things, and I saw this, and I was like, hold up, wait, what? And then I, and I, and I looked at some other things that I was like, if this is true, then that means this is true. And those other things were true? And then I was like, oh, snap, so let me check this other side of this scene. And I went to the other side, and I was like... Yo, that is super sick because they included this like super 
like context heavy thing that you see and if you see it then it helps you solve these other things and once i saw that it made me go into other scenes in the future and like really study everything that's happening because there is so much that you like there are sometimes it's like you'll see a chapter and a chapter may have like five segments and it's like oh this chapter has these same eight characters and every single up until their deaths and then sometimes you'll see like this character pops up in this scene in this scene but they don't pop up in the other ones but they're not at the scene of the crime what are they doing and then like or like there are certain times where it's like oh like the this scene takes place in the middle on you know the 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 middle of the ship and then you can't get up to the the top deck for like the first two sections of that chapter um, and then you go to the third section it's like oh you can see everything on the middle and you can see everything on the top and there's something completely different happening up top and it's like oh my god like this game gives you exactly like which is kind of why I kind of felt bad a little bit brute forcing because it gives you everything you could possibly need in order to solve this it's just a matter of finding those either minute details or those like super uh, hidden hints and being able to like piece everything together. I think yeah. this game is it, it's, it's. I mean, I don't play many detective games, so it's not a stretch saying it's the best detective game I've ever played. But I think this is like one of the the best puzzle games I've ever played, where it is just it. it he did everything right. The, I mean, even the voice acting, the sounds, the the music, like just the everything in it was great. And it it, it like was the, when they had when they needed the accents, they had that. When you hear those little context clues of like some type of blade being sheathed, there's somebody being thrown overboard, or the crunching of somebody's bones, or the crunching of some part of the ship. Just like all of that was like amazing. <laughs> like it, it, I don't know, man. It, it, it's super impressive that this guy went from Papers, Please, which is a game that I really liked, until and to this game, like Solo. It, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, to go back to what you were talking about when you got to a point where you were just, you know, it seemed like everything just started to click. Mm-hmm. I think I was having that same epiphany around the, I can't remember the name of the chapter, where it's basically where you're kind of, out at sea on two boats. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it, that's the same scene um, you're referring to. No, no. That, that's kind of where I started to have that same epiphany where, oh man, everything is just kind of coming together, um, solving, you know, fate after fate, you know, discovering yeah. identity. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of what that along with some of the the fantasy elements that were added at that point um that that's what really you know captivated me about this game mhm and then i will say too greg cuz i know you were talking about the disappearances and everything that was very um uh i was pretty like scared or like i was like man i don't know how i'm going to do this but it actually isn't as difficult as it seems um like a lot of it is just context clues where you're like okay where are we at in this chapter when's the last like let me follow along and like okay this person disappeared let's follow their arc along and see 
where they are throughout these scenes. And like once I figured that out and like kind of went in with that mindset, it was a lot easier for me to determine what happened or where that person ended up or anything like that. Like you, you have to take into consideration where the ship was uh, at that chapter, you know, in, in, in conjunction with its route like and things like that. I think the other only other issue that I, I was having personally was it's just uh, it's like that fear of like and it's kind of stupid to have but it's like that fear of like I'm playing the game wrong because I'm like well I don't want to get this wrong even though there's literally no you know punishment or like anything for like guessing wrong but you feel like you're doing it wrong so it's like well, I don't want to guess. I don't want to just do this. So yeah, like, yeah. You know, it, it took me a little bit to 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 fight that feeling because, like I said, I, I I brute force like six characters in the game, and like it feels in in hindsight is like I probably could have figured that out, but at the time when I was in the game, I was like, this is the only way I can figure out how to do this, and I want to progress through the story because once I solve these people, it'll be easier to. You know, progress. So I kind of saw it as an ends justify the means type of situation, and and so I, yeah, yeah, I just I did it that way. But I definitely understand what you mean, where you're like, I don't want to play the game wrong. I'm not going to get the enjoyment of the game, you know, type of feeling. Um, but yeah, and then the only thing I will say, uh, so did you you solve everything, Greg, before you? Because you have the option. I think once you solve, like, I think it's like either half or just that half of the, the the cast, you're able to go back to London, which would cut the game short. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, you would get a different... like You wouldn't get the, the quote-unquote good ending because you wouldn't have solved everything, but you could still see the ending. Did you did you solve everything before you left, or did you... No, yeah, so, so that's part of the reason why I ended up like uh, just looking up, because I got to that point where... It, you know that it's raining, and then they they tell you, "Hey, it's uh, we gotta leave or whatever." And it's like, and I was like, "Well, I don't really, I don't think this is the end of the game, but I'm just gonna try this just to see." And then like you do it, and then basically it lets you after you go through that whole sequence, it uh, you know, you basically get your ending, and then it's like, "Hey, you can go back." Um, uh, do you want us to like let you basically go back to that point right before before the, you made the decision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can go back and try and figure out more if you want. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I was I was thinking like, oh, can I go back and do this and then come back? But I was like, you know what? Let me just try to see what I can and can't solve. So I ended ended up just staying on the ship and solving everything. And then at the end, once you do that, you get into town. I'm not sure if this happens for you, but you unlock that last chapter. Yeah, once you once you solve everything. Okay, yeah, you okay. I didn't realize it. I thought it happened if you just left, even if you didn't solve everything. I didn't realize you had to solve everything. Yeah. But yeah, and then you see that, and my only complaint about this game is I I felt like that last chapter was kind of pointless. It didn't a little bit. It didn't yeah. really like. It wasn't like. It wasn't difficult. One, there was no like challenge to it. And then at that point, too, it was just kind of... Because, like, at that point, it's like there's only a handful of characters that you haven't solved who they are or what happened to them. And then they were pretty much delivering, like, oh, this person died this way, this you know, like that. And it, it just didn't really 
add anything for me personally, I, other than closing the chapter on like now I know what happened to everybody, but that wasn't like it wasn't you you for it to be hidden like that you were expected like some type of revelation exactly or whatever exactly. And it's not really yeah, much of it yeah it is almost like when there's a game that comes out it, it made me think of assassin's creed 2 where like the oh the, with the uh, the, the DLC or whatever the DLC yeah. where it, oh, it was yeah. like 13 chapters but then chapter 7 and 8 were DLC so you had to pay money to find out these two chapters of this game because uh, that's exactly how this was set up too where I think there was 10 chapters in this game and chapter 8 was the one that was uh, hidden and after you solve all the chapters you could find out what happened in chapter 8 and it was just kind of like this one off thing and it was like this isn't really satisfactory at all and from my understanding which I, I beat Assassin's Creed 2 but I did not do the DLC chapters I, it's kind of the same thing where it's like they just pluck two chapters out of this middle of this game that you don't really have any context for what happens or not, but you can pay the money and then play these two standalone chapters that are somehow in the middle of this game. And it just made me think of that, even though I haven't played it. But yeah, I was just like, why do they do this? But other than that, <laughs> that was my only complaint about the game. Other than that, I think this game is brilliant and I... Can't say, I will say the same thing I told my friends. I can't say that I would recommend this game to everybody. I will sing its praises uh, to the high heavens, as people would say, but I don't think this game is for everybody. It's a a hard sell. Yeah, I highly recommend anybody that is looking at this game or interested to watch, one, watch the trailer of the game just to kind of get a feel for how the game looks. Because I know that was a uh, a thing for some people, uh, where it's like, oh, like there's not enough contrast or hurts to look at this over you know over a long period of time. But then beyond that too, just to kind of see some gameplay to see if that is something that you will find enjoying enjoyment out of, because it is a lot of going through menus and trying to match stuff, and you know, like there's it, it's not necessarily action packed <laughs> in the in the traditional sense. What about you, Trevor? Do you anything you need to add or um, closing comments? I think we pretty much hit all of them, or at least I have. Okay, anything from you, Greg? No, I, mean, I think that's it. It's just all right, Greg. I, 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 you don't have to have your list or anything, <laughs> but is this like on the near the bottom of things we played this year so far? Like right above Psychonauts? <laughs> Dang! I'm trying to. I mean, Psychonauts is definitely pretty good. But oh wait, you like Psychonauts? Yeah, I like. Oh, it. okay. Maybe maybe I had it confused with maybe I knew Dante, did, but maybe I, maybe it was a uh, Trevor. And then I didn't have um, a problem with it. Yeah, it's the middle of the pack. Every game that Trevor doesn't like is middle of the pack. And then when the list comes, it's like, oh, how that game end up at the bottom? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm trying to think of everything we played, and I'm like, I can't think of. I mean, it's probably on the lower side, but it's not bad, I guess. Okay, I can name all the games, but I, I like if it's not this one game, it's one of my games. I feel like it's at the bottom for you, and if it wasn't Psychonauts, it was probably Grim Fandango. Oh yeah, no, that's at the bottom. <laughs> for you. Yeah, yeah. I, this is better than Grim Fandango. Okay, that, that's good. 
<laughs> Put that on the box. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, do you guys got anything else to say about Return of the Oberdin? All right. It was it was nice hearing you guys. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's, it's been, been a minute. minute. It's been a minute. Um, so this should conclude our what our this batch. <laughs> this should have been a May game, but we're recording this middle of June. But uh, this is still our May game. Damn it. Um, well, we'll try to hopefully um, try to get our June game at least recorded in June as well. Um, I guess we haven't even had the opportunity to reveal our next batch of games either. So um, for June, we have Greg's game, which we are, some of us are already have started. It's uh, Brutal Legend. Um, for July, it's Trevor's game, uh, Forgotten Anne. And then for August, it is my game, All World, Stranger's Wrath. And then we are going to do something slightly different. Uh, uh, we're going to have a guest choice game in September. So I think what we're going to do is I'm going to... I have two people in mind. I've already reached out to one and he said he'd do it. So I'm going to reach out to one of my friends to be on the show uh, as our fourth member uh, for that month. And they're going to choose the game and um, we will talk about that game and we'll play that game and talk about it. Kind of like what we did with Celeste where we had uh, Tim as the guest, but instead of just having a guest talk about a game we chose, we're going to let them choose the game. So we can kind of insert some chaos again with having a fourth person that, we don't necessarily know their taste or anything like that. So uh, just to switch it up for you guys. But uh, yeah, so that's what we have on the docket for now. Um, so this, that should be it. Um, anything else? Oh, I wish I had a question. I, it's been so long I forgot all about that. Does anybody have a question? If you could change the style of this game, first of all, would you? And second of all, what style would you choose for this game? That's hard. I don't. Okay. Did, y'all, did y'all like the style? First of all, the art style. You mean like the art style, yeah. or? Oh yeah, no. I think it definitely kind of fits in with like that style of uh, you know those old games. The um, I'm not trying to think about that. The kind of the edutainment, I guess. Those uh, those games. I dug it. I, I, I really like the style. And I, the, the, the problem... I like this question. I have an answer. But the problem is is that I like the music in this game a bunch. And I don't think that the music would fit the new style that I chose. So I was thinking... So immediately I thought cell shaded But I wanted to take a little bit further. And I wanted to specifically point out, I would say... Borderlands style, where there's a little bit more of a hard edge to some of the stuff. I think some of the creatures would look really cool in, with the Borderlands art style, and some of the death scenes, especially with the particle effects, like the, the gun being shot or like the blood being, you know, whatever, the explosion. I think that stuff would look cool in a cel-shaded Borderlands S style. But I don't feel like the music, which I feel like is an integral part of this game, or I won't say integral, but like 
I really dig the music and I think it fits the way the game looks now. I don't think that would fit that art style. And I wouldn't want to change the music, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I would say, like, classic Tron style. Classic Tron? Like the movie? Yeah. Hmm. So, like, a lot of neon? Not this old timey ship. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not not necessarily like multiple neon colors and you know all flashing and stuff like that, but still kind of monochromatic, but more of like a. I guess I guess it would be flipped, where it would be mostly dark, and then like the the lighter parts would be like the the neon colors, or actually, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be. Tron, it'd be more of um, like the Hotline Miami style. I'm looking it up now because I'm trying to... Like, like where it has kind of like a sunset type... Um, um, is what they call it? Vaporwave. Yeah. <laughs> vaporwave. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, I get what you're saying. So a lot of... Um, what do they call it? Like... Uh, fluorescent neon colors yeah. with like the a lot of the lines like the just the 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 vector lines and yeah i think that would be cool i think that would be really cool yeah vaporwave vaporwave this that could even just be a freaking um what a, a color palette in this game <laughs> that would be tight you think of anything greg mm, no we- yeah, I don't know, man. Hmm. I'm trying to think if I could think of anything else, but I think I, I do think uh, you were on the right track, Trevor. I think a, a minimalist uh, aesthetic would. I mean, maybe it's because the game is already like that, but I, I think that that really shines with this game, and I think it it, it almost like maybe. Less is more. You don't need to be uh, explosion of tons of color or anything because it's you need to look at the details, the, the devils in the details as far as like solving these deaths and disappearances and all that. So maybe, maybe being cell shaded or whatever, like I thought, would maybe be too much. The information overload. Okay, <clears throat> um, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet. Um, I'll soon be back on Steam at Lyric Unsung. Where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Boombox Hero. Uh, Facebook is the same, facebook.com slash Boombox Hero. And on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegroX. You can find me at Twitter at Potato Salad, uh, Potato underscore Salad, or you can find me on Saturday at Cahaba Bazaar serving Thai food. Hey. Um, yeah, I don't think that's it. Uh, I don't think we have anything else for Oberdin. Uh, it's pretty, pretty dope game. You guys should check it out if you think you like it. If you don't, don't check it out. Don't be like Greg. Uh, <laughs> um, well, with that, uh, this was actually a pretty short episode. So uh, we, we came back and we, we knocked it out the park. So 
With that, uh, we're missed checkpoints and we're out. Peace.